listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 483. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we discuss the Prime Video Lord of the Rings prequel, The Rings of Power. And this is the season one finale. So, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's always exciting to get to the end of something that we enjoy. And we've got a couple things on the horizon that uh, I dare say we're going to enjoy. But, uh, you know, reach the end here. Yeah, well, and uh, some series I'm happier to be at the end of than others. Um, But uh, this one was, you know, kind of like at the end, I'm like, oh, there's no more of these for a while. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to do a little mini rant about that in a couple minutes. But uh, first, uh, you you know, since we're not going to, talk about that which shall not be talked about this week um now i'm not big on home improvement stuff you know there's things i can do i know you're a lot better at it than i am but i want to throw this pro tip your way okay because you may not know that if you don't clean your windows for 16 years they get dirty (laughs) uh yeah i've heard that i actually have noticed that on some of my front windows okay so i I clean them and the dog just licks them anyway okay so. so i've been working on that i just wanted to put that out there for you and and anybody else listening that maybe didn't realize <laughs> but yeah uh, well it's just always like the windows just seems like such a low priority yeah yeah i need to clean those windows but like there's so many other things that need to be done yeah first. you know we've got blinds rather than curtains and it's just like okay well how am i going to get behind there and somebody might say well you just just take the thing off and like yeah and then i'm going to have trouble getting it back on and uh, no i'll just you know i'll I'll work my way behind it. And uh, so that's what I've been doing, just a window or two at a time. And and, uh, things are looking up. But, you know, in in terms of what I'm watching, I'm going to be kind of quick about this. Uh, You know, I mentioned that series on Apple TV Plus, Invasion. Uh, I've discontinued my watch with that. You know, it's a character study of people dealing with, you know, this alien invasion. And the acting is good and all that. But it's just nah. I, I'm just not into it. So you always notice how whenever you like don't like something, not you, but just people in general, you always like, oh, the acting's good. Well, yeah, I, you, uh, that's a good. <laughs> the point. series is crap. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, acting's yeah. good. Yeah, it's kind of now. Like- I have been keeping up with La Brea and Quantum Leap on NBC, and I'm enjoying both. I don't think either of them is great. I, I certainly wouldn't hesitate to recommend them to people, especially for people that really enjoyed the first Quantum Leap series. I, I, I think they're both pretty good. You, you know, I just want to throw this out there. You know, we said at the top of the show that we've come to the end of season one of The Rings of Power. And I think you liked it better than I did. Uh, I know Fred liked it better than I did. Not that I didn't like it, because I did, and we'll talk about that. But my problem is that by all indications, we're not going to get season two until like 2024. Right. And yeah. I'm thinking that's completely unacceptable. And I, 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 I just don't understand the thinking here. I mean, look, this is one of the elite series out there on, you know, pay TV. And I would think... You're spending, we know they're going to spend over a billion dollars. So you're telling me you haven't locked these actors up long time or long term. So what the hell? 
I, I'm not saying acting is an easy job, but you know, there's a lot more, a, a lot tougher gigs out there than acting. I'm sorry. There just <laughs> are. So yeah. you give them a few months off, you bring them back and you start filming. They're using so many green screen scenes that it, it some of them, it, it really takes me out of it. Uh, you know, particularly the scene with Galadriel and Halbrand, uh, you know, when, when he reveals himself. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, you're supposed to be yeah, taken out of that. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I just don't understand the thinking there. I, I just simply don't. I mean, there's no reason we should be waiting. And it sounds like it could be more than two years. So. See, that would suck. But play a devil's advocate. Okay. I would say that, what you see in the rings of power is like cinematic quality television. And that's different than even La Brea or quantum leap. Well, no or, question, but I'll just th- game of Thrones. They didn't take two years. I mean, you know, they had, I think one, I think the, the, the time between two seasons at one point, I think was longer, but there are plenty of, you know, these elite uh, television shows that get things done a lot more quickly. So yeah. I, I, yeah, don't I don't know. So uh, anyway, that's it. it. Does Either way, I mean, the bottom line, it does, it does suck. Yeah. That if we're going to wait like, you know, two years for the next installment to come out, I mean, that's, yeah, that's not great. So uh, anyway, that's the end of my rant. What are you watching? Okay. Well, I was going to talk about the end of She-Hulk, but maybe I'll save that since Fred talked about it, so I'll save her maybe his comments down there. I started Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Do you know anything about it? Because I have a question. Not um, at all. No. Oh, okay. Um, because I feel like, I thought that Anson Mount was in Discovery, but he plays you know Captain Pike, and so I, I don't know if Strange New Worlds is kind of like comes after like the last season of Discovery or something like that, because it seems like there's 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 things in it that I should already be familiar with, you know? Like characters who I should kind of already know and, and relationships I, I should already know about and everything. It could be just me missing stuff, but so I wasn't sure about that. Um, I'm still going to watch Strange New Worlds first. It's really, really good. I, I, I enjoy it a ton. Um, classic Star Trek. The acting's great. <laughs> Nice. But it has one of our favorites, uh, Rebecca Romaine, is in it, and uh, and Anson Mount, who I I freaking love that guy. And Hell on Wheels was a ab- absolutely fabulous series. He was awesome in it. The guy playing Spock, I can't remember who it is, but he's really good too. So um, you know, it's just a it's it's classic classic Star Trek. Uh, you know, got got a problem, and uh, doggone it, our human ingenuity and, and stick to this is going to win the day. And so I like it a lot. It's cool. I've only gotten like maybe two or three episodes in, but, uh, you know, well worth it. Uh, well worth the $10 I'm paying for this month. All right. Um, and one last thing I'd bring up, this is actually my son's recommendation. Uh, and I, I know I hadn't really heard of this before. It's a, uh, it, animated miniseries on Hulu called Over the Garden Fence. Um, and it's pretty wild. Like, it's all each episode's like 10 minutes long. So you can easily, and I think there's like eight episodes, 10 episodes, 10. I think there are 10 episodes. But you could easily watch the whole thing 
probably in one scene, two for sure, you know. And it's these two brothers who are kind of like lost in the woods. And, the, you know, the one has like a kind of conical hat on. The other has a upside down teapot on his head. And so it's really weird. And, and they run across a lot of kind of strange, fantastical kind of stuff. And uh, for the most part, and this is my complaint to my son, because he loves it. And I'm like, you know, it's just, it's it's too much it's too a little too weird, it seems. You know, I feel like, you know, this is made for people who are like on something. You know? <laughs> I was just gonna say, but yeah. Figured yeah. Um, and then comes along the last two episodes. And then the last two episodes, all of a sudden everything is like kind of brought full circle and makes sense. And it ties it into this larger story and was it was really clever. I really liked how they ended it. But I, as I said to Sean later, I'm like, you know, like if I if if I didn't have you bugging me about watching the show, I probably would have stopped watching it like three episodes in. I would have never gotten to the the finale. I've never gotten to the the really really good part that makes everything else make sense. Now everything that I saw before, I almost want to go back and watch it again. You know, because I'm like now that I know like what's going on, I want to go back and watch the rest of it again. I, you know, I, most people, I mean, there's tons of people who never even make it there because they just get like three episodes in. Like, this is just too weird and goofy. Forget it, you know. I'll tell you what it reminded me of. And, uh, you know, kids out there, anybody remember the 1970s band Gong? They were a French band, although they had some UK musicians in the band as well. One of their uh, big albums, The Flying Teapot, which immediately I. <laughs> thought of when you said that and uh you know we'll just leave it there so anyway well, what, what i call it to shine it's like what you used to say about red and stimpy you probably don't know but it was the art cartoon back I in the 90s they are. yeah and I, what you say about red and stimpy is this is by people on marijuana for people on mm, marijuana got you know? it and like that's what i felt like over the garden fence like until the very end though so if you are thinking about watching i encourage you to um, stick with it to the very end. It's well worth it. But I understand if you get a couple episodes in, you're like, nah, it's just too weird, too goofy. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to something that not weird, not goofy, and that is Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, episode eight of season one, Alloyed, written by Jennifer Hutchinson and J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, directed by Wayne Chi Yip. And it was released on October 14th, 2022. This is the season finale. And I'm just going to say, you know, right up front, I mean, obviously I like fantasy, but I think what I've just really come to realize, and I'm sure this says something about me, I'm not, well, I do know what it says about me, but I, I guess I just prefer my fantasy a lot edgier than Lord okay. of the Rings. You like more Game of Thrones type, fantasy. definitely more Game of Thrones, exactly, okay. or or The Witcher, or right, you know, things along along that lines. And and while I really enjoyed this, you know, my wife, who again I've mentioned a number of times, I'm usually uncertain what shows she's going to end up liking. I mean, I certainly know for sure certain shows, but Game of Thrones, I had. I really was shocked how much she enjoyed that. And and, uh. and now with uh, uh, House of the Dragon the same way, and she's like, well, we should rewatch it. I mean, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do nice. it. So that said, I enjoyed 
rings of power but we weren't doing it on the podcast i'm not certain i would watch it wow okay yeah so anyway yeah i mean i completely disagree i, I assume you knew oh i understand that and and <laughs> and again that's the beauty of it all is there's sure. so much out there these days that if if somebody says oh there's nothing to watch <laughs> well i don't know what to tell you then that's uh, that's that's crazy yeah um i you know i i totally get your point um and i can see how some people would feel that way and i i enjoy my house of the dragons i i love game of thrones but i also find this pretty refreshing as well it's just kind of like a straight up story of good versus evil you know yeah sure and you don't have like all this you don't have uncles having intercourse with nieces or heads being sliced off the cranium uh and stuff like that (laughs) So uh I will just yeah. say that I don't know. I probably shouted Dracaris three times and oh my God. she didn't hear me. I but, know, I know. She definitely didn't hear you. But uh I was like I was just saying every, you know, everyone, everyone in the entire country the same time was yelling, Do it! Yep. Do it, do it. Yeah, but <laughs> all right. Uh, all right no, I apologize. No, no, For those of you who haven't seen it, well right. you really you should have at, right. at this point. Right. Know, no more spoilers. That's on you. That's on you if you haven't watched it yet. Yep. But you know, we we get a couple of answers. Uh, certainly one definitive i think and and the other one kind of definitive Uh, we find out who the stranger is but maybe we really don't i mean he he, istar he's one of five wizards so while it's likely he's gandalf but he says the line oh he does he says the line about following your nose. Oh, okay, and that's that's, that's a Gandalf. Yeah, that's, okay, there yeah. we go. Okay, so that's yeah. that's one of those things. And, and, and again, let me. I meant to say this even a few minutes ago. If you're listening to this podcast expecting Lord of the Rings experts, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> you, now you've now, come to the wrong place. Well, okay, and to be fair, you know it's been thirty years since I read the books. Uh, you've at least, I, I know you've read the books and you said you saw the movies not that long ago. So you're, you're a lot more immersed in the lore than I am. So just to throw that out there. So if you're, you know, if you're thinking that's what you're going to get, you, you might be disappointed. So, yeah. so you picked up, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, but not an expert. I, I, I did take a, a little rabbit hole dive into the the one wiki to rule them all i have to admit oh. for some of the stuff that i'm going to talk about in, in this so. and i made the mistake of doing that with uh house of the dragon and i picked up a spoiler i wish i hadn't but okay so it's gandalf one of the five wizards sent to middle earth to fight sauron so okay so we get that answer and the the, the, the and here's actually the first word there he's a, a mayor or a Meyer. i think it's a mayor which Sauron is too, which might explain the confusion of the evil hunting ladies here, why they thought he was Sauron, because Gandalf and Sauron are both this kind of primordial spirit that was uh, created um, way back when in order to help create the world. Okay. And, and, and the other interesting thing is that, you know, I think, I'm not sure. I think I might have read this in the little notes that that Prime gives you. Uh, what do they call it? X-ray or whatever. That you know, Tolkien, you know, in, in the narrative in the text, that nobody's born evil. 
you know, that's that seems to be except for Jerry Lee Lewis. Well, is <laughs> Hal Brand definitely Sauron? I mean, I think we have to accept that. Well, yes, I guess. Um, I, I, but I would say that if we ha- we haven't necessarily had like one hundred percent confirmation, where right. he's like. Yo, babe, I'm sorry. Right. What up? You know, like he hasn't said that. Yeah, we do see his reflection in the water. Uh, he he takes uh, you know exception to being called the Dark Lord. I mean, we're like you know we're probably high nineties. That yes, and he's heading off to Mount Doom. It, it appears. Doom. Yeah, he was a. Uh, you know, he helped forge. Well, he he did actually. I guess yeah, he helped forge the the rings. So yeah, that's that's a thing too. So. Now, now the other interesting thing when I was kind of looking at some of my previous notes for the podcast was way back in in I believe it was episode one, King Gilgalad tells Galadriel that his fear of her going out is that she's going to bring evil back with her, and of course at the time we <laughs> don't think that it's going to be in this form but but of course it is but the other thing that i I guess i'm still a little bit confused maybe it's not the right word okay let's say halbrand is sauron why go through all of this just to get to numenor i mean was that his plan all along because i think it's fair to say without halbrand the three rings don't get made oh absolutely um, and he didn't need to get to Numenor to do that. He just needed right. to get to Middle Earth. Right. And he needed an in with the, I guess he just needed an in with the elves. That's what he needed. Right. So what was all of this part of his evil plan? Right. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, but, but what? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it seemed like he went through a lot. You know, you get the Numenor, then you go from Numenor to. Uh, right. It's his like super complex evil plan. You get gravely when, wounded. Yeah. Right. Well, he could have maybe just, you know, showed up and been like, hey, I can teach you how to forge that mithril there, bud. But, you know, the, the, the one thing we know is that, you know, what we've seen is that he is like super good at manipulation, right? Yeah. So whether it was his plan or not, he was just like, you know what? I'll just kind of roll with it. And, um, you know, I'll just kind of like work my magic and, and get people to, to do my bidding, uh, which he gets Galadriel to do, which I might argue she is still doing even after he leaves. I think she, it's like she's still under his spell. So he might have been just like, you know, I'll just, I have a general plan of attack. You know, I'll, you know, get on a raft to Numenor maybe or something like that. Or the ship that you know gets hit by some sea monster. I get it around. I don't know. Whatever. Somehow find my way to Numenor, and we'll work it all out from from there. But or maybe this is all step by step part of his evil plan. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, does he even know about Galadriel going into all this? Because you know, it it, it kind of leads up to that that exchange they have when he reveals himself, and he's like. I told you I did bad things, and you said that I could, uh, you, you know, uh, find atonement for that. And you go back to the scenes on the raft, and she's like, well, what happened to the other people? It's like, ah, I ditched them. Right. Uh, well, uh, I, okay. Well, 
did they just die or, or, you know, so now in retrospect, well, what'd they do? Just push them over the edge. And I, I mean, yeah, well, I, it's, it was really sketchy at the time. Right. Yeah. But, but then we got to like it Hallbrand and we kind of gave him a pass on that. And I think, I can't remember if it was you or Fred or someone else like in recent feedback brought up the raft, you know, and I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, there was that thing with the raft back then, but uh, no biggie, you know, Hallbrand's our guy. They're so, you know, it seemed like they were so clearly setting him up as this Aragorn-type figure that I originally suspected. When I first met Hallbrand, I'm like, oh, that guy saw him probably. You know, like he was really sketchy, right? He 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 ditched the people on the raft. We don't know what happened to the other people on the raft, you know. Like, he was like definitely not giving us good vibes but then all of a sudden i just kind of chucked that all out the window the minute he started like being kind of cool you know and and just completely forgot about that so i feel like i should have seen this coming but i didn't i was too busy being like having aragorn eyes for hall brand and i just ignored like what was right there in front of me yeah well even in this exchange that he has with galadriel where he's leading up to i'm not sure i necessarily anticipated this but i mean clearly there's been sexual tension going on between the two of them from the the moment they they meet but when he says that you know i want to make you my queen and of course she's horrified at that thought and he's as you said a few minutes ago he's so good at manipulating and twisting words and getting people to believe something that's not true so you know on the one hand you even said she's still kind of doing his bidding which is fascinating especially for you know a character like her so i really like where that storyline is going and this you know mention numenor and just real quickly that that storyline about the return to numenor i don't even understand why it's even here now right the king dies and the king dies and yeah. they're going to give the but he only know, died the one time right <laughs> so they're yeah. going to let people sketch in, in including uh arian and they're going to make some kind of monument or whatever um and the queen regent still hasn't regained her sight and the connection she's have with uh Elendil, they're they're going to continue the fight but that's it right i mean yeah I, I, okay i guess right. not not exactly i i agree i'm not completely sure why we needed to return to numenor i mean obviously the soldiers need to return right sure they need to go home they've not done their job here <laughs> they've completely failed in their goal so i guess they're going to return with their you know their tails between their legs or whatever but yeah it's it's i it's maybe something later on we'll say oh okay now it makes sense but right now it doesn't really make sense that it'll make sense in 2024 right so, um all right and, and of course we don't see during well, if they're gonna do like eight seasons of this right like <sighs> How old are these people going to be well, by the see, time this thing's done, man? Right. Now, there you go. And and, and one of the questions, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and start talking about the revelation of the stranger's identity. 
And one of the first things that I thought was, okay, yeah, like five seasons or whatever it is. And, you know, what's it going to take, like 10 years? My God, Nori's a child. And then I forgot, well, wait a minute. The actress is 22. Yeah. So she's already an adult. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure she'll still be very youthful looking, you know. Right. Whatever, 16 years from now when they're finally done this thing. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, the, the revelation of the stranger's identity, that opening scene, he emerges from that rock shelter. He's walking in the rain. And, and, and I love when he looks at Nori's apple because like we talked last week, you, you can't help but think Garden of Eden and all that. But but I think here it's it's just, it's a symbol, a symbol of the friendship yeah. and the trust that, that she's placed in him and given to him. Absolutely. And the purity of that yes. friendship. You right. Know. And, you know, he's looking at it. He's startled by someone. He drops the apple. You know, it rolls down the hill. Somebody picks it up. And we're thinking like, okay, um, you know, I'm not expecting it to be Nori. Of course, it's not Nori, as it turns out. I I love the way that scene was filmed. And the other two join, I forget which. Again, I still don't have clear in my head which of the three sisters is which i don't know if they're sisters but uh well it's the one who's got like a crew cut and like the crazy blue eyes yeah but then there's the one that talks and then there's the one that throws knives right regardless we come to serve you lord sauron and i think the collective gasp of game of throne a uh, game of thrones of lord <laughs> of the rings fans could be heard around the world yeah and i was like no bullshit i'm like yeah come on yeah fuck off yeah excuse my language but i was just like literally like come on get out of here like there's that's no 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 and immediately my brain is like okay how can he be like sauron but still be good right right but we're not i mean what's he done that really convinces us 100 percent that he's good yes he he helps the heart everything well everything he's been absolutely good yeah he pushed a damn cart come on um yeah but he he like he did other stuff well we we we, (laughs) remember what it was (laughs) right other stuff oh like he he caused all the the apples to grow before well that's a good point the the other ladies came along and burned them well i and i think that the thing is and we talked about this a little bit at the time is that he's discovering not only who he is but what he is and it's really not until this episode that that things start to click for him and as you mentioned, you know, at the beginning of the discussion, these three sisters assume that he's Sauron because of him falling from the heavens and yeah, I guess whatever power they see that he wields. And then, of course, they realize later on that, that you know, he's not. But, but they mentioned that about him having a veil placed over his uh, powers and, and that this veil will weaken now that he's on uh, earth so the question really i i guess on the one hand they're thinking he's sauron so did uh, this istar who is you know likely going to be gandalf or <laughs> pretty much as you pointed out yeah. pretty verifiable did he have some sort of a veil placed on him 
or is he just kind of taking the time to get his bearings and getting the cobwebs out of his uh well right well yeah before all he could say was nori and now he's just a little chatterbox oh no kidding (laughs) right right but is that because he you know he used the some power whatever to to get rid of the the evil women and everything like did that like you said, take away this veil. Yeah. And, and, and now they plan to bind him until he learns to control his power. So it's all, almost as if they see themselves as his teachers. And meanwhile, we see in the background. Same thing happened to me last week. <laughs> uh, the Harfoot uh, and, and Sadak, maybe the best line in the episode. He, he's hiding in the trees with the others. He looks out what's going on in the grand uh, tradition of bad ideas. This might be the worst yet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, Fred talked last time, I think uh, about his nitpicks about, you know, wounds and things like that. I was pretty sure that he got stabbed in the chest with a dagger or some sort of a knife or right. And then I'm looking later. It's like, no blood. There's no cutting his, you know, I'm not dead yet. Okay, but and then of course he sits down with them in a you know really kind of touching scene there at the end as he eventually does die. But stranger with the you know picks up the wind and 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 again he's not sure who to trust. So we get that that great scene at the end where where or not at the end, but but uh, where Nori tells him you know it's up to you to decide who you are and what right. you are. Yep. Yeah, and I, I just really love that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's absolutely great. And you know, I guess, I mean, but if he's Sauron, he he can't decide right? because we know we know that what what Sauron's deal is. You know, that's why they couldn't they couldn't do it. You know, it was just it was just such a such just like you know a, just like a kick in the pants kind of here, like to make us think for that moment that he was Sauron. But it goes against like everything, and and also like really like Nori is going to be like a bad judge of character, right? Like if it's one thing, like she's like the pure of heart, right? Like she's not going to be well. She might be taken in by a bad guy, but you know she's. We get a feeling here that this relationship is you know more than than something like that. Right. So. Now is that it for the three sisters? I mean, he sends them into oblivion. I mean, I think on the one hand, I wanted to ask you, is this it for the Harfoot? I mean, obviously, Nori is on this adventure with uh, Gandalf. Why do we need to return to the Harfoot? Well, because she has to. That's the thing about hobbits, right? They they, they come home. Okay. Like, there and back again, right, is the name of the uh, the, the hobbit, the, the history that Bilbo uh, Baggins writes you know, I, I think that's that's the one of the essential elements of the hobbits is that the for the few that feel the need for adventure, they also have as strong a pull for for home, and ultimately they're always going to want to return home and return back to their their kin. So okay. I don't know if we'll see it in two years, <laughs> but maybe in four or six uh, we will see Nori. Uh, return back to her people well and that'll be interesting to see what it is she returns to you know the the really um touching tear-jerking scene where she says goodbye to uh, you know not not only uh her family but her best friend and it's almost like her best friend can't 
even say goodbye and you understand where she's coming from of course she does come back and they hug it out and 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 that was great and you know you say you'll come back and, and all of that but but i just love you know what what her father tells her it's like they give her her backpack and, and she's like huh and, and obviously symbolically it's like here go you, yeah. you know you you're part of something bigger now yeah and you're no longer I don't want to say a Harfoot because that's not what her father and her family mean. It's just that this is what you need to do. Right. This right. It's a transition that is the first for, for our people, you know, that, that nobody's gone off trail. Right. Like, no one's walked alone. Well, right? she's technically not walking. Right. Alone. But so what will come of it? Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of peril along the way, but sure. We, we shall Tons see. of peril. Tons of peril. But anyway, I, I hope that we still see the Harfoots because, I mean, gosh darn it, I just love the Harfoots. You know, I just, I just think they're they are they're probably my favorite part of the show. I know that's lame, but you know, it's just I just you know love that that they're like they're they're kind of like the salt of the earth. You know, well, sure, and, and they're not great heroes, but they're just great people, and they love one another, and they'll do anything for each other, and they. They they they're faced with with perils all over the place. Like their whole existence is basically nothing but peril, and there's so many threats to them from everywhere. But they you know they get through it by sticking together. I don't know, I just there's so much about them I love. Well, so. well there are. I I just don't see from a narrative standpoint why we would see them next season. No, I I, I agree. You know, but so, I just yeah, I just sure. want to. So. <laughs> all right. Any, anything else about? This storyline and the stranger, I don't think. Well, except for that cloak has got to be kicking, man. Can you imagine <laughs> what that thing smells like at this point? Oh my god! Like he, when we first see him, like he's lying in the ground and he gets up. I'm like, he definitely's not washed that thing for a while, man. That thing must reek. Holy cow! But yeah. yeah. Yeah, other than that, I think we're we're good. All right, well, let's get to the revelation of Halbrand's identity. We'll, certainly, we've talked a bit about it. Galadriel rides into Lindor with Halbrand on you know the the horse, and and she's brought him there to uh, get Elven medicine to bring him back. You know, we see that conversation that Elrond has with Calembrimbor, and they're talking about the lack of Mithril. Why do they have to abandon these shores? Just because they don't have the mithril. Well, I think they have to go to Valinor, right? I believe. I don't know. Okay. I keep saying stuff, and I, I'm just wrong a lot. So okay. Try, try not to be wrong so much. I did look it up, but I, I, I feel like they need to go to Valinor, where it's just like where the elves are all like. But 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 you know, in Valinor though, they are removed from Middle Earth. They can't help the people and the creatures of Middle Earth if they're just kicking it in elf heaven. Right? Okay. All right. Makes sense. So a recovered Halbrand wanders into Kalembrimbor's workshop, meets the master, and then immediately suggests using an alloy to amplify the properties. And, and I, I really liked the, the exchange that the two of them have. And obviously, uh, Kalembrimbor has this reputation and certainly well-earned and, and rightly so. Halbrand, it's like, no, I'm just a simple smith, but, you know, back where I come from, and, and of course, as we said a, a while ago, if not for him, the rings don't get made. Right. Now, 
I forget how many rings are there in total. It's not. There's more than just these three. Nineteen, I think. So there's three for the elves, seven for the dwarves, which actually twenty if you count the ring of power. Okay. okay. So there's the elves have three. Did you not listen to the song at the end? Uh, I, you know, I even have the lyrics in in the notes. I just okay. So yeah, elves three, dwarves seven, humans nine. And then the the you know, the one ring to rule them all. Uh, uh, do you know who sang this song at the end? BT Dubs. I, I, I do. I looked that up though. Yeah. Um, Fiona. No, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, right. I didn't know it. Like, um, but you didn't tell me math no. was going to be involved here. I say three and seven is ten, nineteen. Yeah. 20. Okay. <laughs> right. I know we're English teachers. I'm not. I'm not. Good. This is like actually the the first year that I cannot help any of my children in math anymore. And my my youngest is a freshman in high school. And she came up to their math homework. I was just like, nope. <laughs> go ask your sister. I don't know. Well, yeah, there you go. What's the tie-in between the great tree and the elven lifespan? And and again, this is one of those things that, that you know, I, I looked a few things up in, in the Lord of the Rings wiki, and, and, and apparently there are two great trees that, that are certainly important with the elves. Now I can't remember whether it was King... Gilgalad that was saying about you know it's dropping its leaves at a you know a really rapid pace and yes. you know if we don't do something pretty soon that's going to be it for the elves. So and I'm what not, we're going to do is peace out. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's his idea. Let's get out of here. Right now, Calembrimbor's got to convince the king of the wisdom of crafting a crown that would emanate power, and, and, and of course that's you know the the first suggestion. And interestingly, once we get to the end, and, and I believe it's Galadriel that says, no, 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 we need to make three rings. Right. While on the one hand, we maybe trust Gil-Galad if he was the only one, if it was just one crown. But he's, I was going to say he's just a man. He's just a, a high elf. Right. Able to be corrupted, I guess, just as anybody sure. could be. Well, I mean, Adar and his group right they're sure. all used to be elves sure look what happened to them so so yeah like certainly i mean three is probably but you know actually again sean and i were talking about this the other day he said you know they really don't know their history very well because the triumvirate historically has not been a very effective means of governing no not at all just, right just so major they, uh, julius caesar right right so so yeah that but Better than one and two. I have to agree with that. Though. What is it about Halbrand that that causes Galadriel to send that scribe to the archives to find out information about the royal bloodlines? Is, was there something that I should have noticed that causes her to do that? Or is it just, okay, now I'm back here. Um, yeah, I believe him, but let's double check it. So I think it's when... She, you know, Brimbor uh, says something about the power over flesh, talking about the rings. And okay. she's like, where did you hear that from? And he's like, I don't know. You know. And then she's like, that's what she seems to get really suspicious. So oh, okay. I, I probably should have looked that up to see like what that really means. I'm sure there's something Lords of the Ringsy that that is like totally related to. But I think that seems to be the thing that kind of gets her her spidey sense tingling. Then we have that scene where, you know, she's 
talking to uh, how. Well, well, then, and then, sorry, I'm mean, sorry to interrupt, but also she sees, she watches them working, and you can clearly see the Hall brand is like taking the lead here, right? It's just like, there's just some schmuck I picked up on the ocean, and now he's instructing our greatest Smith on how to work mithril, which he would have never heard of before in his life. Like, see, this is like kind of like a, in a TV show, we'd say this is a red flag, right? Okay, right. And and that makes perfect sense. I mean, the two of them then get together and, and you know, they're talking. Thanks her for saving his life. No, no, you saved mine. And then he says he'll make sure no one forgets what she's done for him. And at that point in the story, we're thinking like, well, okay, but what does that mean? I, I think most yeah. people have a fairly high opinion of Galadriel. Yeah, she didn't go to Valinor when she was supposed to, but, you know, she she puts her life on the line for for the elves. So what's he going to say? Now, in retrospect, once we find out who he is, it takes on new meaning. Is this going to then cause people to look at her and say, you're the one that brought Sauron to our shores? Well, right now she's the only one who knows. So right. she doesn't seem to be really sharing that info. With no, people, no, right? not at all at this point. No. But, you know, we learn there's no king of the Southlands. And he says, look, I told you, I got the sigil off a dead guy. You, you know, I'm, and, and on the one hand, it's like, well, you know what? He's not wrong. <laughs> he's, he, he's got a point, to he, be fair. He told you the truth. And then. I've been awake since before the breaking of the first silence. In that time, I've had many names. I'm thinking like a sympathy for the devil, Rolling Stones. Right, sure. Um, and, and just, uh, again, and I, of course, we're supposed to make that connection between Sauron and the devil. Of, of course right. we are. Right. Well, the, yeah, the, this symbol of, of pure evil. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, and, an attempter, the flatterer, right? right? It's like, you know who I am. <laughs> and, and it's just such a powerful scene because there's a certain subtlety in it. And, and, and it's almost like she doesn't know what to do or really say. And then he, you know, gets inside her mind. And, and of course, look, we know immediately what's happening there, that he's doing something to manipulate her her thought process so we certainly know her brother's not alive but right. it, it's still a pretty wild scene for sure it is, a, it, it is a wild scene for sure yeah and, and he's able to use her own memories and her own feelings against her um, you can see why he is you know so good at like turning people right except for adar right because right. or adar which, which is actually, um, we learned before, Adar told Galadriel that he killed Sauron. And then, you know, Galadriel's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't even, don't even try. But now, like, I think he did because, like, Halbrand mentions, or Sauron, I guess we, we could call him at this point, says, you know, like, he calls Adar, like, well, I mean, he's not referring specifically to, but he says, your enemy and mine. You know, so like they have this common enemy of Adar and the orcs. Well, the orcs turns out they're on Sauron's side the whole time, but but certainly Adar, right? Um, and then it also reminds you of of when 
Adar and Hallbrand were together. And Hallbrand was like, don't you recognize me? They're just like, what, you, what are you talking about, dude? You know, and for, you know, Sauron must have been like, nice. <laughs> like, that's what I was looking for. He doesn't know who I am. So there's all kinds of stuff that ties in, you know, with earlier stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, when he's really, we know what he's doing. He's trying to convince her to come to the dark side. And obviously he's a flatterer and, and you bind me to light. I bind you to power. But he doesn't see the difference between saving Middle Earth and ruling it, and and that's a bridge too far for Galadriel. And then it's like, you know what, Sauron lives because of you. And and of course, I'm thinking like, well, how are your people going to react? Now, as you said, she's in no hurry to tell people. But how long can she keep this to herself? Well, yeah, I mean, when they're on the battlefield, she's like, oh, he was Sauron, son of a yeah. Who the fuck did you know that? I right. didn't know that. Now, now, <laughs> when she gives up her dagger, you know, to to be melted for the gold and silver, I, I forgot the significance. Was that her brother's or? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And because clearly she doesn't want to give it up. Clearly she knows she has to, and, and of course she does. Pretty cool uh, little smelting or whatever the proper oh, I love term the, would be. The the, the whatever term <laughs> it's the. The metallurgy scene, like who would have thought that I would think like a really cool scene was blacksmithing and metallurgy, but actually blacksmithing is super. But, uh, you know, like here's my thought, because the second time I'm watching this, I'm like, how does Galadriel, like Galadriel and Elrond completely flip, right? Before Elrond was like, we need to make these rings. We need to save our people. And Galadriel was like, do we now, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like Galadriel who's like, let's get these rings made. And Elrond who's like running up to try and stop them, you know, futilely at the last minute. So I feel like, I I think she's like really still actually be kind of under Sauron's sway a little bit. Well, you know, Elrond finds the scroll. I'm not sure what prompted him to go to the stream. And I'm not sure what prompted her to just drop it on the ground, you know, but whatever. But he confronts her about Halbrand. So we don't hear what she tells him. I, I find it hard to believe the relationship that she seems to have with Elrond, that she's going to keep him in the dark. But uh, you never know. I, I, I feel right. like she's going to tell him the truth. Then it's on him. Well, do I tell the king? And and how do you not tell the king? And that, so yeah. I don't know how this. Yeah, once you start plucking at this thread, it's just going to keep going. Well, she says that like Hallbrand's gone. She's like, and we're not to treat with him ever again. Like and it was like, like wait, what? We thought Hallbrand was cool, man. Like what happened? You know, like but she doesn't say, hey, um, you know, funny thing, Hallbrand's actually Sauron. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, she she she's keeping that under her hat. All right, anything else? Well, just a, a pretty cool final shot, I should say, that the one the 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 shot of Hallbrand heading towards Mount Doom. Uh pretty good. Uh, and the of course the that last visual of the, the three ring oh I'm sorry, wait. We we see the rings first and then we see Sauron heading to Mount Doom. So um, you know, that's pretty cool. I mean, like everything about this, like even in the the moments of optimism, like we have 
with Nori and the stranger, we know that things are going to be really bleak and dark for a long time. And it's not really going to get better for thousands of years from now, you know, but though there is hope though, right? Like we, we have Gandalf and we know Gandalf is represents, you know, hope here, but, um, you know, but, but things are, are just going to get like worse and worse as they go along. Like we thought the creation of, of Mordor was bad. Like things are just going to keep getting like bad. I guess we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just, I just also want the, the, the two lines when he says, "When in doubt, Eleanor Brandyfoot, always follow your nose." And then from the Lord of the Rings, I think it's yeah, it's it's from the Fellowship of the Rings. Uh, if in doubt, Mary Doc, always follow your nose, Gandalf. So I think we're pretty, you know, I'd, I'd say we're close to a hundred percent certainty with with Gandalf and the Stranger. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to some listener feedback. Yeah, let's. Uh, uh, Joe Herbers checked in via email, and he says, I thought it was just an okay finale to a just good first season. The Harfoots were enjoyable as usual, and it looked great, but sadly no dwarves, and some of the plotting and writing was clunky. The dialogue continues at times to feel like the notes said, write something Tolkien-y. <laughs> As soon as the witches That's fair, actually. Yeah, yeah. As soon as the witches proclaimed the stranger to be Sauron, you knew he wasn't. Then Halbrand starts sucking up to Calembrambor, so I figured he was up to something, and Galadriel's suddenly suspicious of him, so okay, he's Sauron. I think the worst part was when Galadriel found out. Why did she confront him alone? He leaves her alive and flees, but he but she doesn't tell anyone. She spent like a thousand years searching the world for him. How could she not take anyone who will join and chase him? And if not that, she should at least be telling everyone near and wide that he's here. Elrond would certainly believe her, and given what's happened with Mordor, the tree, etc., they all should. She's shown she doesn't care what others think about her quest to rid Middle-earth of him and the orcs. So, you know, fair points, some of which we talked about. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I I feel like, especially watching the second time, I really strongly feel like that, like she's not herself. She's she's not right at the end of that. I think she is definitely under his sway in some way. Well, he, we know he goes into her mind at the at the right. stream there, so he's probably right. still some like of him bagging about in there. Yep, yeah. yep. Okay, so more from Joe. Uh, we didn't see the Southland people or Adar or a Sealder. Uh, but why wouldn't their new king come back to them? Hallbrand supposedly left because he was injured, but once recovered, does no one find it odd that he doesn't return to help the survivors of the village and all the people of his quote-unquote kingdom? Well, there have to be more people than just those couple villages, right? Having him declared king didn't make much sense at the time, agreed. And by the end of this, it really didn't work. I guess they wanted to parallel Aragorn to mislead us. I, as I said earlier, I completely agree with that. I suppose it's possible he's now going back to pretend to be king, but that seems unlikely since Galadriel could reveal him at any time. She's the one who announced him as king. And he doesn't know she's apparently not telling anyone. And plus he's going to, to Mordor, so he's not going, well, which is the Southlands, but it's not the Southlands anymore. Uh, the whole Sauron Hallbrand story was one coincidence after another. Galadriel decides in the spur of the moment to swim across the ocean and happens to run across him in their raft. They happen to be rescued by Numenor. 
She somehow finds scrolls to convince her he's the king of the Southlands, though it turns out there couldn't have been one for a thousand years. She takes him to Mordor just as it's being created by his supposed enemy, then takes him to the new elven forge just when they're deciding to use the mithril that they just found out about to forge the rings. A few coincidences is one thing, but there's no way he could have orchestrated all this, so it just seemed hokey. You know, and and I guess my thoughts on that, if it were a two-hour movie, I think I'd be more okay accepting these coincidences that Joe points out. But when you've got, you know, literally a 10-hour movie, um, and, and I get that, that it's a big story they're trying to tell. I, I get that. But uh, Joe, I'm agreeing with you on that. Now, he goes on, he says, going back a few episodes, why did the Southlanders suddenly welcome this unknown dude as their king? If the line of kings was broken a thousand years ago, why did Hallbrand ask Adar if he recognizes him in front of Galadriel? And how did he not have to explain to Galadriel why Adar would know him? You know, I, I guess on the one hand, maybe the Southlanders are so starved for a leader that Galadriel said it's him, then okay, fine, we're on board with that. Other than that, I'm not sure what else makes sense, as Joe points out. Well, and just the fact that the, and again, going along with that, like that um, they recognize his sigil or his, you know, whatever, as the kings. It's like, really? Like, I, Kids I teach can barely recognize the American flag. So, like, you know, like, it's been a thousand years and people still remember what the king's, like, sign was or whatever. Like, eh, all right, whatever. I mean, a lot of this, I think, we just kind of have to, you know, again, we have to put away our disbelief, right? And we just kind of shove it to the side and say, you know, we we understand that there's going to be some things that don't make any sense here. Yeah. Um, he says, speaking of coincidences, Isildur's sister gets only one hour with the dying king, and he <laughs> happens to wake up and show her the secret rooms. Somehow there are no attendants or guards within shouting distance, even when she runs around looking. Then she leaves the dying king to go exploring instead of getting help. Hey, what would you do? Yeah, I know. All right. Glad they finally. Well, got- actually, I would probably find someone to help the king. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, unless you're Serato, but anyway, glad they finally revealed that the stranger is indeed a wizard, still hoping it's not Gandalf, though it's looking likely. It seems that the Balrog was just fan service. It shouldn't be awake, but why show us it is if nothing comes of it this season? Hoping next season is better written as Tolkien's world deserves better, and they've certainly got the resources. Cincinnati Joe. Joe, yeah. better written. Ouch. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and we will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, Season 1, Episode 8, the Season 1 finale. Whoa, what a great episode. And what a great series. But I will first come back to last week's podcast. Wayne was saying something about She-Hulk. And of course I did follow that series as well. With Tatjana Maslany in the lead. Well, 
Wayne once said, he's a sucker for Star Wars, meaning everything that is Star Wars is okay, how bad it will be. Um, well, not completely true, but the same is true for me. Everything Tatiana Maslany does is good. But I really have some problems with this series. It's it's funny. Um, actually, I stopped halfway giving feedback to other podcasts about She-Hulk because the only thing I could say, more or less, it's funny, it's nice, uh, it's entertainment, and I didn't have to say anything more, actually. So it doesn't go very deep. Well... The last episode, I think, it was a nice idea to not only break the fourth wall, but uh, more or less the fifth wall. But I won't go into that, because that would be probably too spoilery. And with the end of The Rings of Power, also She-Hulk ended. So two series I'm watching ending at the same time, actually. Um, fortunately, Endor is still there, but... So that's Star Wars. But that has 12 episodes. And I will be curious what Peripheral will bring us next week. It's a pity I can't watch the premiere already. Okay, going to the Rings of Power. I saw somebody who tried to do a poll on Twitter... So he or she asked for what is what do you think about Rings of Power giving a grade from 1 to 10 or 0 to 10 only give numbers and um, every tweet that would be giving text would be removed well he or she got more than 1400 answers and of course as humans are not just numbers but what i saw there is such a diversity on in grades um, but giving all eight and a half nines or tens and giving ones and twos i didn't see very many sixes or fives so in between so i get the impression people do like it a lot or they don't like it at all and i actually find that a little strange some people were giving low grades because the story goes too far away from the source material. Somebody also said, well, if you do that, then be surprising. And they said, everybody saw it coming, that the stranger is Gandalf and that Hellbrand is Sauron, etc. Previously, I had the prediction that one or even more of the rings could have been made of Mithril. And we had some discussion about that. Have a listen. Now, you may know the answer to this. Fred brings it up in his feedback, and I thought it was brilliant. Um, it's a new ore, and this is why so much secrecy is involved. It's very difficult and dangerous to mine. It's lighter than silk, harder than iron. Durin thinks it could change his people's future. So, you know, we get then why all the secrecy and Fred mentions, oh, I wonder if this is what they're going to make the rings out of. I'm like... It, it is not. Oh, okay. But he was right in that uh, Frodo was given a chainmail made of mithril. Apologies in advance, Wayne, but I couldn't resist in editing this a little bit. Fred brings it up in his feedback, and I thought it was brilliant, and I thought it was brilliant, and I thought it was brilliant. It is not.
Well, after this episode, seeing three elven rings forged of Mithril, we just leave it at that. He was right. Oh, okay. Okay, about this episode. Although many people obviously saw it coming that Hillbrand was Sauron, and I also heard those predictions, but I didn't find it very plausible, so I was still a little surprised. Well, perhaps he also fell from the sky, like Gandalf, but just into the sea. And that is what these three mystical ghosts made as a mistake. It's a pity we didn't see anything about the dwarves and about Bronwyn in this episode, but if you see how fully packed this is, I think they almost couldn't do it differently. I think I will give this whole first season an A, and this last episode actually an A+, but I think the whole fight between Gandalf and this mystical three women was a little bit too long for my taste, so it is also an A, I think. There is actually quite some other stuff to discuss, but time's up. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Now, we've known for a long time Fred gives feedback to a lot of different podcasts. And Fred, it's pretty significant for me that you stopped halfway through a series. And, you know, he mentions She-Hulk and and you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast you were going to wait until we do uh, the feedback section to comment on She-Hulk. I don't really have any interest in the show. Now I know I'm not going to check it out because, nah, be- dude, it's just it is so good. Well, I mean, the ending is awesome. It is so the ending was the last okay. three episodes. All right, I I granted I, I I enjoyed the whole series. I thought it was light. I thought it was silly a lot of the times. I you know I think if I by looking at it that way I think I, I was able to enjoy it much more. I just thought there was like a really very clever, funny, like it doesn't really add a lot to like the MCU or anything like that. But Tatiana Maslany's great. The CGI for the She-Hulk though was just, I, 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 you, I couldn't, at no point was I buying it at all. It just looks way too fake. Hopefully they'll improve on that if they have a season two. But it ended so well. It, it was so great. Uh, the last three episodes were absolutely brilliant. The last episode was fabulous. And to talk about just like completely shattering the fourth wall. Hilarious. I was laughing out loud. I liked it. Would I say it's like my favorite Marvel show? I don't know. You know, it's like the Marvel shows have not been as great as the Star Wars ones, I think. But it was still really good. And uh, I found it very, very enjoyable. I'm still not going to watch it, but all right, it's on, it's on you anyway. But yeah, we know how much Fred loves Tatiana Maslany, so the, sure. that now he didn't say he's not watching the show anymore. I don't think he just said he's. It sounds like he did watch it, right? He he's just, just stopped giving feedback. feedback, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he does point out the wide range of grades for Rings of Power, which he finds odd, which I do as well. And you know, I, I I've read. A number of times that there are whether they are bots that are going out there and nuking certain shows with these one star grades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So it's really difficult to tell now. I I guess you know how fans really are 
viewing a particular series. So outside of that, Fred, I'm not sure how to explain that some people give it a 1 out of 10 and some people give it a 10 out of 10. You need, you need a Scott Engler in your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you need a guy to go to and say, hey, you know, like we talk, he's like, what do you watch? I'm like, what do you watch? And like, we get some ideas from each other. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? And and I I, I guess at the end of the day, and, and I read the comments, as I'm sure you do on a lot of these reviews, to see what the comments are saying. And there's always some dude that just, he, he must have a really sad life because it's like like okay game of thrones episode nine and we're not going to talk about it in detail but if you're uh i said game of thrones i meant uh house of the dragon okay it was a pretty great episode yeah yeah it was really good as a matter of fact it was the worst of the series i can't even (laughs) imagine how why they paid these yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, I mean, I don't. I, you know, That's what do you that, even yeah, say? Right, right. I mean, there's, there, there's, it's, it's a big world, Dave. Yeah, so, right. Uh, there's all kinds of people in it, and uh, there's you know varying opinions about stuff, and you know, like I, I always go back. to, I can't remember. Oh, which it was one of the computer Capaldi episodes of Doctor Who, and the, I think it was that first season. Oh, what was it? It was like the really scary one that was. Clearly, like meant to be like Blink, but it wasn't as good as Blink. But it's pretty good. And uh, I was listening to the podcast, and one guy was like, "I hated it." And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like, I loved it. Like, I, I, you know, so like I had this extreme reaction to it on the one end, and this other guy had this extreme reaction on the other end. You know, so it's you know, it's it's just takes different strokes yeah to 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 rule the world yes it does yep now fred ends with his grades and he gives the episode an a plus and the series an a so let's go ahead and uh, throw our grades out there i'm gonna let you go first okay well i give the episode an a solid a um i liked it a lot I would give the series, I'd say, because he was talking numbers, so if I had to do numbers, I'd say like 8.5 to 9. So I guess I'm talking like a B plus, A minus range for the, the series. I would I would say A minus. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I, that's what I expected from you, although I was not going to be surprised if you went full on A for the episode and the series. I can I can stand back from my fanboy dumb enough. Yeah, to I know you can. Be I know you can. Objective I, and critical. Well, yeah, and but I'm just trying to, as I said at the beginning, you. I think you enjoy this kind of a world more than I do, and you know whatever. So I was just expecting that. For me, I guess I was going to go A minus on the episode, B plus for the series. But I, I mean, I did enjoy it. But I go yeah. back to what I said to my wife earlier in the day. If Wayne and I weren't covering it, would I watch it? And my answer was probably not. Because what she was trying to, I think, get from me was whether or not she should watch it. She saw the first episode back when it aired initially, but nothing since. Yeah. So I undoubtedly would have watched it. I might even have liked it a little bit more because like, I was kind of 
like I'm a little bit unhappy when I have to go take notes on it, you know? Yeah, sure. Like I just want to watch it. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. take freaking notes. You know, I think I'm getting older and grumpier when it comes to doing that, you know? So, um, but still, you know, once I, I sit down like and, and I'm watching, I'm just like, oh yeah, here we go. Loved it. So I, I would note unquestionably have, have watched it uh, even if we weren't podcasting on it. So, yeah, so. I'm looking forward to, in uh, in my retirement, watching season two, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, anything else about Fred's feedback? Uh, well, no, except for, like, we got, like, a solid three minutes of the bells playing. Like, at first, I thought he was running a soundtrack in the background. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the bells. Also, Fred, um, I found out that my daughter's field hockey coach is from Rotterdam. Though she doesn't know you, which is, I know it's a big city, so. That's not. It's not that like, big. unusual. Come on, come on. <laughs> it's big enough, I think. I know. I don't. Even, I don't even know how big Rotterdam is, uh, but I, yeah, I wouldn't expect uh, necessarily them to know each other. So, but I thought that was that was pretty. Cool. Her, we had dinner with her. Her mother was in the states, so we we took her mother out to dinner too, and it was really cool. And uh, we were just talking about it, and yeah. All right. Well, Fred, Joe, thank you for the feedback. So we've got our grades. Uh, any final comments you got before we sign out? I don't. Okay. All right. Well, as we said next week, we are going to take a look at the new Prime Video series, The Peripheral, based on the William Gibson novel. After that, 1899 is going to drop on Netflix November 17th. So it looks like what we're going to do is cover the peripheral for eight weeks it it appears they're going to drop one episode a week so we'll finish that by the time we start 1899 i think most people will have already watched the entire 1899 series but again like that's never happened to us before when we've covered a show heck it even happened with dark so uh uh, that's no big deal and yeah that's right because we didn't start dark with it when, at least season one, we we did well, right, but well after it actually. Right, but out. even when seasons two and three dropped, they dropped them all at once, and we were still only doing one episode a week. Yes, so true that. You know, yeah, anyway, yeah, so yeah, uh, we've got a lot to look forward to here on Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. But that will do it for this episode. Thank you. you said do it. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about lord of the rings rings of power anything else going on in your genre tv world check out the facebook group if you haven't already sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us with feedback questions comments we'll be back next week to talk about the series premiere of the peripheral on prime video but until then you know dave i feel like with all of these new listeners we're getting doing shows that are currently running right now that we are on the cusp of creating a new kind of power.